Hello, and welcome to Behind the Face Mask, the stories of COVID-19. Three teams of Wake undergraduates are interviewing the people of Winston-Salem on how the COVID-19 virus has impacted Wake Forest students, local business, and the racial justice movements happening in response to police brutality. This is Local Business, Episode 2. humanitate and like in all honesty that's like basically what my grandmother and my parents taught me is that you have to give back to the community and if the community is going to be on the top of mind on how you approach your business you do have to kind of put aside the capitalistic approach and do really what's best for not only your guests but your team mm-hmm. um, because the ripple effect does have um a powerful way it could impact anybody's family and I don't want to be someone that spreads this. In this episode, we continue to hear from small business owners here in Winston-Salem as they detail their experience with the novel coronavirus. While it has been tough for these local shops, the hard work and creativity Winston-Salem business owners paired with the support of the community has made the light at the end of the tunnel visible for many of our local businesses. So you discuss like kind of shifting a focus and like your source of revenue. Could you discuss a little bit more about that, about how that's been for you, kind of reshaping what your business kind of looks like and stuff like that? Well, it's funny you ask that because when I was 19 years old, I had an idea for a glass blowing studio where I could teach apprentices and sell product. When we opened in 2014, what happened was a lot of people came to us and wanted to learn how to blow glass. And we saw that money potential for revenue. And as a startup, you really need to make money. Mm -hmm. So we weren't turning that money away. But over the last six years, our workshops and our programs became very heavy of our operations. And it, it prevented us from really operating in the way that I wanted to when I was 19 and I conceived of my dream business plan. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, COVID is, forcing us to turn back a little bit to what I really wanted. So we took this time to just sit back and start just pulling, like peeling the layers off of an onion. Right. Started pulling back um, all of our different policies. We re-examined every procedure, every policy, every position description, what made sense, what needed to change. 
Where do we need to expand and put in more management? Where do we need to contract? Um, and where might some people fit in a better spot in our organization? Mm -hmm. So that was a huge part of our time. And I have to say, for us, in a strange way, the COVID timeout was a blessing mm -hmm. because we really were able to make changes that we never would have been able to make had we been caught up in the day-to-day -day operations of our company. So to have that opportunity to step back and see everything from a bird's eye view and then step in and make changes really helped strengthen our company. If COVID had not happened, we wouldn't have had the time to do the type of um, introspective analysis that we've done of our business to really figure out um, a new business model. I think we just would have continued to operate the brick and mortar. Um, this, the online stuff would have been secondary and that just would have been what we would have done. I think now we realize that we have so much more potential. It's been a crazy year, but um, I think from my, my personal sense, and I was going to graduate, I was going to actually go um, on like birthright. I was going to go to Israel. I was going to go to Jordan. I was going like, to travel all over the world. Um, and I think I'm kind of glad that this is where this went in terms of, you know, accelerating my, my professional career as opposed to, you know, trying to have fun and go travel for a little bit. I can, I can wait a couple of years. You know, this just came, I guess, at the right time for us. It sounds a little bit um, cold and callous in, in some respects, because obviously I'd prefer this not to be. I don't want a worldwide pandemic to, you know, <laughs> exist period. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really, um, the way that our, our country's handling it is really shocking and it's, and it's sad because a lot of people are getting sick and dying. Yeah. Um, but the, the alternative viewpoint is that as a startup business, as a kind of unique, weird business, we've been operating under somewhat pandemic circumstances for a long time. Yeah. So I'm kind of used to this. I'm used to the stress and the tension and this is actually, um, it's going to honestly do a lot of positive for us. So I'm just trying to embrace that and work with that. I wouldn't wish this to happen at any other time, <laughs> but it, it, this may have been necessary at some point uh, for us to actually take a, to have a bigger collective of, uh, of citizens actually notice that, oh, wait a minute, there's, there's something really, really wrong here. Um, Hopefully we can come back to a more humane approach to one another, um, but it's, it's going to take a lot of work. There, 2020 has been incredibly challenging, but 2020 also has allowed people to really take a step back and look at the inequalities, not only from like a job perspective, Mm -hmm. Like nurses have been on the front line, but they make nothing. Teachers are going above and beyond the call of duty to do virtual classes. They make nothing. And um, now we have these beautiful demonstrations taking place downtown and around the world. I think um, there are lots of conversations now around the inequities that different types of businesses experience, specifically minority businesses. And so um, one of the things that COVID has done, I think, is made people slow down. And then when you have time to slow down, you have more time to think. And so when people begin to really think and examining things, you could see the discrepancies in terms of services received, in terms of support 
um, in terms of diversity and like your supply chain or your vendors. And so those conversations have been circulating a lot as of late. I think what will be interesting to see is how do people move from conversation to action? Um, because lots of these conversations are not new. You know, they're conversations that have circulated around um, ever since Winston-Salem. I'm a Winston-Salem native. So mm -hmm. ever since Winston-Salem has decided to be um, the city of innovation and arts and has made this push for Innovation Quarter to exist and for there to be, you know, an ecosystem hub for um, entrepreneurs, these types of talks have existed about how do you make entrepreneurship equitable. And the talks are not new, the solutions have yet to come. And so what will be interesting to see is out of all of this new um, thought and sincerity around the fact that we are acknowledging and wanting to address the inequities, will that actually happen? You know, this, this is our World War II. This is our Great Depression. This is our time to hunker down and do without and be smart and be resourceful and come out stronger. And the staff did great with that. That was pretty great. I mean, people work, people work hard um, for the most part. And people were just kind of putting their head down, mask on and just, just hustling. So that was pretty you know, awesome to see. Uh, the staff uh, actually are the ones that some gave up shifts here so that some of the folks at, uh, at the arts location would have hours. Uh, and they just literally stepped up to help support each other. But they really just kind of stepped in and was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give up a few hours so that you can have a few more. And they basically treat, they treated it like a... It, I don't know. We're a family, and we always have been. Uh, we we I actually have had some people that worked here for over ten years, um, which normally you don't see that happen in this type of environment. You see a high turnover. We don't have a high turnover. We'll have people that'll come here for school. Um, they'll stay here for five, six years, um, and that's just that's just the beauty of a very close knit community. Um, so they've they've done remarkably well in taking care of one another. You know, there's a delicate balance between doing what's right and um, continuing to serve our mission, which has always been to create employment opportunities for the differently abled. Um, I think what makes us different is that our CEO is 11 years old. Um, he started this company when he was nine years old. And so the bottom line for him is the impact that we have in the community, and it always has been. Um, and so making sure that we stay focused and true to that. Um, so our new objective really is to rethink how we do business and figure out, even though we are apart from our team, in what ways can they still contribute so we are still able to employ our team members. In the first few weeks, uh, those were pretty difficult, uh, but we had some fantastic uh, patrons that literally dropped us envelopes of money so that we can make payroll, so that we can buy supplies, so that we can pay our rent. And, and that was just a, a, a beautiful experience. 
Yeah, well, um, my local community was more helpful than the federal government. My local community has definitely stepped up and helped me. Um, we received an emergency grant from the city mm -hmm. and my uh, really core uh, community of customers have stepped up and come to purchase and buy things and really helped us out through this crisis just to help pay my rent and pay my staff. Um, but we haven't received any help from the federal government. We haven't received the, the PPP loan or the other EIDL loans. Um, we are not um, of their concern. We can completely disappear and they won't care. And I believe that. I think that businesses are what, by and large, historically create the fabric of a community and our federal government is doing the exact opposite to support our communities. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll see a lot of local communities step up and help each other way, way more than the federal government will here. We also, with the, um, the grant money from the foundation, something else that we were able to do um, was purchase a, a Zoom that we have open to the community. So if you if you were to visit our website, you can just on the homepage scroll. There's a community Zoom link. You just go to the link, schedule the meetings or whatever you need to do, and it's automated. So the community have access to Zoom beyond the 40, 40 minutes with a free account. The the community itself. What I found myself doing uh, early on, probably around the third week of March, was that I joined a group of folks uh, called the Virtual Village. And what we did was that we put musicians on the back of a tra trailer and we would drive them through neighborhoods uh, because people were locked up in their houses. And we'd sit down and have a 15, 20 minute concert and then we'd move on to the next location. Um, and we did that for several weeks, uh, every Saturday and Sunday. And that's actually getting ready to roll back out um, because, again, there's a lot of folks that are still kind of at home and don't really go out except for the essentials. So, and plus, musicians have really taken it on the chin. All the music venues, all the musicians, I, I, they don't see a way forward uh, until maybe next spring. <laughs> I mean, that's really what some of the venue owners are saying people step up and help each other out. You'd be surprised how much a $25 or $30 purchase can make a big difference for a small business. Mm -hmm. Your favorite restaurant that can't reopen, they might need some help. Your local uh, boutique, most of the retail stores right now can't be open. And it's really important that people figure out ways to be creative and support businesses that they care about. Because we're the ones that make communities fun and interesting when you bring people to come and visit you want to show them the cool places you don't really yeah. want to show them the cvs right exactly why don't we take them for a glass blowing class <laughs> yeah so i hope that people know we're going to do everything we can to survive but they have to help us out too and every little bit helps even if it's just simply coming in and buying something off of my sale rack mm -hmm. And we have multi-generational families, people who came here as a child, now their child comes here. We even have, we even have third generation people now that are coming through Salem Gymnastics. And I thought, you know, perhaps this is a group we can tap into. You know, this is a wealthy community. Not everybody, certainly, but some people probably that, you know, that $80 a month tuition doesn't hurt their budget at all. It's nothing to them dollar wise. So we sent out a letter 
and we just flat out asked our people from our, all of our March students. We said, you know, here's where we are. This is what's going on. You know, I hope, you know, I hope you're all well. I know some of you are struggling and if you are, please, you know, please, this letter doesn't apply to you. But if you are able, you know, if, if you're able to keep paying your tuition or part of your tuition, we would really appreciate it. You know, we have families that are depending on us, you know, our staff and their livelihood. Um, so we sent this letter out, um, uh, agonized over it um, for days and days and days and picked it apart. Um, but when I finally hit the send button, and shot the letter out, the replies started coming in within three or four minutes. Yeah. They were so sweet. Mm -hmm. And they were so, the kindness was overwhelming and I just started to cry. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just, I sat and I just sobbed. And I think a lot of it was, you know, the stress of the COVID and, and being shut down and not knowing what's gonna happen and people, their generosity just poured out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Face Mask, the stories of COVID-19. Please continue on to hear the rest of this series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or visit our website at communityengagement.wfu.edu forward slash behind the mask. If you want to share your story and you experienced this pandemic in the Winston-Salem area, please feel empowered to reach out to communityengagement at wfu.edu.